0: I'm more worried about like science doing something weird with my DNA than I am the right. government coming and right. like,
1: <laughs> we found you, Michael, that murder right. you did back
0: in 1998.
1: <laughs> They're like, we could recreate dinosaurs with Michael's DNA. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm scared about, is Michael dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to
0: another episode of Are You Ready For Another? It's the ongoing conversation about life, beer, and what lies ahead.
1: I'm Michael Moyer. And I'm Kevin Murphy. All right, Kevin, what's your first beer tonight? So I'm kicking things off tonight with, it's called Uinta Brewing Company Clear Days Juicy IPA. Ah <laughs> oh, man, that was a kind of a mouthful. Um, but anyways, it is a 6% ABV, uh, 40 IBUs and it has um aromatics including pineapple, mango, passion fruit all leading to a silky soft mouthfeel and lingering with a sweet finish. Mm-hmm. So or or in Kevin terms, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. Yeah, so tonight
0: I am so I I was thinking I had uh, some extra beers like purchased uh-huh. and I guess we must have drank them (laughs) (laughs) and so i was like well shoot and so i had to go into the cellar and the the, which is mainly just jackie o's and little fish beers and pull out some beers that i hadn't tried yet or hadn't tried for the show so so the first one i'm drinking and i'm not sure how you're supposed to pronounce it and i know mike's going to give me shit for this because I didn't look it up or whatever. And I don't have the bottle in front of me because Katie wanted to drink some too. So. Okay. Um, it is the Jackie O's OG or Ogie. It is okay. O-G-E-E. <clears throat> um, their description is... Well, so first it's a sour, but it's, it has some blueberries in it. So mm. let me describe to you when I open the bottle. Uh, Half the beer foamed out <laughs> 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 and so i was like katie what's going on uh but she's like yeah i've had that happen with sours that haven't been refrigerated so there must be just oh, some something huh. happened in the bottles that yeah, they caused yeah. them like and who knows how long we've had that bottle in there you know right and our cellar quote-unquote is really just a closet that is unfinished you know underground uh-huh. and it actually does stay pretty cool but it's mm-hmm. you know on hot days it'll be mildly warm in there you know there's, right it's not like uh-huh. it's not like a true wine cellar or anything but but um it is a barrel aged sour it's a blonde ale with these blueberries and have you ever had a wine where you can see the sugar that they've added to it like in the bottom of the wine like generally it shows like it's a crappy wine right like yeah it's not supposed yeah. to you're not supposed to see the sugar crystals if it, they make a sweet wine and stuff right um, this is kind of this way at the bottom of this glass is what lots of sediment you know um huh and i'm guessing it's probably a combination of the age of the bottle um the blueberry portion of it whatever they did to add that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, you know beer doesn't necessarily get better with age right Um, Some beers do, but it's not like a wine where you can be like, oh, yeah, it's been (laughs) sitting for 70 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, (laughs) with all that said, it's still pretty good. It's just Uh it was like an adventure opening it and like, oh, time to clean up this mess that this bottle just made. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But my Tavour box shipped yesterday. OK, Um. so it should be coming by the end of the week. And I have like 13 beers that I'd probably never try unless I went like on a state by state tour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, it's like, hey, we're releasing this special bottle, but they're mm. not releasing it. They're just selling a special bottle from some brewery in Alaska yeah. or brewery in right. Washington or something. Right. And you can buy one. You can buy up to six. There's a limit to how many you can buy. But it's kind of fun because you'll get emails and they'll be like, hey, this is going fast. And they will. They'll sell out fast on certain bottles and stuff. Huh. So you literally just add it and you're, you buy it and it'll say, how many do you want? You buy two or one, et cetera. It, it goes ahead and it charges your credit card, but it doesn't ship until a certain point. So it builds up a crate for you. So they're not like shipping out one bottle at a time. Mm, they-, they will ship, yeah, yeah. you know. As many as you ordered at once, it stays on shipping, and it, it just kind of makes sense and stuff. So, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I should be getting, like, 15 bottles, but 13 different beers um, on Friday, I think, so. Jeez. Should be pretty exciting. And it, hopefully, by the time this show goes up, I will have it, and I can add a picture of my first Crete in right. there. Right, right. Um, and uh, I'll have to be really, like, vigilant in checking in these beers in Untapped because I know I'll get lazy and be like, eh.
1: <laughs> and then, yeah,
0: <laughs> and, then, and then like the whole reason i like untapped is seeing if i've checked something in because it's like hey you gave this three stars before or four stars um the like that goes away if you, i don't check it in right i'll be like hey this alaskan brewing company ipa is pretty good well i've never checked it in and it's like katie's like oh you've had it like six times you just never yeah <laughs> <laughs> which like okay, I want to rant for a little bit about untapped um okay and and truthfully, it's a rant about ratings in general uh-huh, you know you have some sites rate out of a hundred you know oh this this gets scores an eighty eight out of a hundred what the hell mm. does that mean are you are you trying mm. to be like a school where an eighty eight is a b plus Or are you saying an 88 is, like, really amazing and a 50 is just, eh, is a 50 average? Or are you going by ABC? You know, like, it's such a dumb scale. And Untapped uses five stars. Okay? Immediately right there, it annoys me because a very wise person that I work with once said, whenever we do surveys, never use a a score out of one out of five. And the reason is, is you should always do four is a reason is that will force people not to sit in the middle on something. Oh, did you like this event? Uh, I could go either way. And you sit in the middle if you have yeah. five. But if you have right. only four, they have to make a choice. They have to make a choice of three or two, which is what much more valuable to the people collecting the data to say, yep, they, they felt more negative on it, right? Like there's none of this mm-hmm. middle of the ground BS that mm-hmm. happens a lot with it. Mm-hmm. Well, so Untap started out with these five stars thing. So immediately I'm disliking it because I'm like, Sigh. I guarantee you probably like the curve of most beers is probably a three out of five. Yeah. Just because yeah. like people are like, eh, it's not bad. It's not good. I'm just going to give it a three. But they don't want to make the decision. They don't want to make the choice. They're too yeah. like <laughs> scared to say, you know, it's good or it's right. not. Right. So I, I, I forgive it. I Five stars is not that huge of an issue for me, um, really. But then a few years ago, in their infinite wisdom, they decided to still keep the five scale rating, right? So they still have five stars or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. But you can sc- s- scroll in between the number five. So now you have, if you wanted to give something a three, you could give it a 3.25, a 3.5, a 3.75, and a ah. four. What? Right there, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah. It's just like, it's the too many options for something. It's-
1: Exactly. Is a
0: three point seven five that different of a beer to me than a three point five or three point two five? Right, right. I really want to have a discussion with people that think that there is a huge difference between a three point five right. and a three point seven five. I could yeah. I could argue that yes, I could see, well, it's not really a four. Right? Like, yeah. But it's not yeah. really a three. So maybe I can <laughs> see saying it's a little better than just middle of the ground and it's a 3.5. Right, right. But the 3.75, I'm sorry. Nope. You're lying if you think right. you can <laughs> decipher your taste buds a different, of being
1: like, like it's just a
0: better uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly
1: it's like how yeah like what qualitative properties do you think well it could have been a 3.75 but i'm gonna give it a 3.5 <laughs> instead yeah <You know? laughs> i see i didn't so i i have fallen off the bandwagon with untapped and so i haven't i haven't really been using it so i remember it used to be they that you could do halves Mm -hmm. and so now you can do quarters which that's crazy i didn't even know that they've they've switched that yeah 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 and
0: and it's funny like i'm a hypocrite like i'll look at some of my reviews and i'll give something like a (laughs) 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 3.25 and i don't know if it's because like i'm just lazy that like my thumbs and that's the other thing it's not really like it, it you're sliding with your big fat thumb right and, yeah. and the bar to go to 3.25 is very small to 3.5. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of mm-hmm. like, whatever, you know, give it a 3.5 or, you know, <laughs> it's almost like I just want, if you're going to make it out of a five scale or whatever increments of a quarter are, you know, um, it, it, that would be what, 20? So make it out of 20. Mm-hmm. I sk- you know, and that would change people's perception, right? If you had 20 things, oh, what do you give this? I give it a 20. No, right. I give it a 17. I think right. that would change people completely. They would never give something an 8 or mm-hmm. a 9, mm-hmm. right? Well, Audrey would give Bushlight like, like a 1 or a 0. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. All right, Kevin. So
1: what what is our topic going to be tonight? And so I think it's going to be loosely kind of... Uh, centered around um this kind of notion of of lineage and and where we've come from you know maybe where where we think we're going as as uh people of this this great earth of ours um so i think like the the question to kind of kick it off would be like uh which of your ancestors would you like to meet and I don't know a particular a lot about my family lineage, but um, so we we can kind of, we can kind of, you know, kind of keep it, you know, generalization if, if, if so be, but uh, I think that that will spark some interesting conversations Mm -hmm. because I, I know you have definitely done a lot more research into kind of where you've come from in your history than I have. Yeah. Um, I
0: mean not a ton like my dad has always been interested in th- the Moyer side of um, you know the family like where they came from and everything mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. I know there were a lot of Moyers I think there were a lot more Moyers back in the day in Lancaster um, than there are now and we used to have extremely large like family get-togethers okay like levacy was large just because it was one family right <laughs> with with 12 brothers and sisters and yeah. so that itself makes it large but the unions were like oh yeah it's this cousin and this cousin and you know it, it was outside oh our great-grandfathers were you know it was a, a much bigger it'd be like our levacies getting together from several generations back not right. just grandpa right. levacies kids right uh, mm-hmm. you know and um he was always interested in that so i've always kind of had a a little more of a an inkling uh, to, to get into it and stuff. If I was going to, like, to start off, there's probably a lot of ancestors I'd like to meet, right? There's the mm-hmm. the people that came over from Europe the first time, and there's a lot of them, right? It's not just one ancestor that moved over, because, you know, the further we go back, our family tree starts splitting out more. We have multiple great-grandparents, great parents Yeah, yeah. You know? We have multiple yeah. great-great-great-great-great-great-parents. You know, just, it kind of becomes overwhelming and stuff but one i would think i would like to talk to is our great grandfather uh Levacy, because they lived outside of athens and makes county mm-hmm. and so when i joined ancestry.com i was just going through things and for anybody that's never been on ancestry you can be like yep yeah, this is my dad and it'll find you know records like service records if there was um a draft card or you know mm-hmm. marriage certificate that's public and stuff and you can say yep that is my parents marriage certificate from indiana blah 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 and mm-hmm. this and it adds it to your thing uh um, yeah yeah now with our uh, parents um are on our mom's side you know there's lots of brothers and sisters and so you go in there and you verify yep there was <clears throat> um your mom, you know, there's Ernie, there's you know, all all these people and stuff. Um but what's cool is going back and I'm like our grandfather uh Levisey was born down in Makes County and I've always kind of known that, right? Like he mm-hmm. was born there yeah. but nothing really else about it. And so I started doing this ancestry thing and then like his dad and and his mom um I was getting all these um hey, is this this person? right? Like, oh, were they, did they live here in 1910 or did they live here in 1920? And mm-hmm. what I was looking mm-hmm. at is, um, their address in 1920. So grandpa Levisey was still living at home at that time, right? Like he was just born in what? 1918, I think was when grandpa Levisey was born. So he was two and there was a census record from then, so you can see our grandpa, like, listed as one or two, whatever it was, on the census, right? Okay. And yeah. you see all the other, like, brothers and sisters, and he was a twin, and all all this stuff happening on that. But what was cool is it said Gilkey Ridge Road um, in Megs County, but there was no address. And then I looked it up, and back then, you, like, especially in rural areas, you, if you're on a farm, you did not have an address. You weren't at, like, 895 Gilkey Ridge Road, right? You were just... Gilkey Ridge Road, and you would go to the post office, and you had a a post office number. So if mail did come to you, it would be there, you know, at the, the the local post office and stuff. Right, right. And so what was even crazier was I was like, why do I know that road? You know, there's lots of county roads and back roads outside of Athens and stuff. And <laughs> what was awesome was I was out at Shade Winery, um, which our, our our good friends Neil and we own. Um, and I was talking to Neil and I was like, yeah, so I was just looking at this ancestry thing and, you know, my, my grandfather and his, you know, when he grew up, he lived on this road somewhere and he was like, Mm. you know, there's only been ever three farms, like at least for 60 years on Mm. this road this road's not very long like it, it literally is a very short road it's like <laughs> and there's been like three or four farms And he's like i it, it had to be one of these farms here and i was like whoa like so my mind just kind of like exploded mm-hmm. even more because yeah normally yeah. when you're like oh it's on this road and it's like oh it's a county road it probably goes for 15 miles or something that's cool but there's probably hundreds of houses possibilities but he was like nope it's literally just here to you know down to there and i was like oh that's awesome so i i um he was going to ask a few of the other farmers like how far they go back with their families. Cause he's only owned his land for, I don't know, 20 years or something for all, yeah. all I know. It could have been in the exact same spot, right? Like which <laughs> would have been even crazier, you know, to think yeah, about. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to just kind of talk to him, but I'm sure if, um, grandpa Levisey was kind of, um, you know, a boom from the king of the hill, you know, like complaining about everything and, you know, couldn't really understand him a lot i I, I bet great-grandpa (laughs) legacy was probably even more removed from that you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) which like i i don't know i i would love to just it would be i think for that going back that far it would not be like i'm your ancestor you know Mm -hmm. or i'm your, your yeah um your great great grandson i would like to just meet him and have a conversation with like out you know, stating any, you know, uh, lineage type thing, you know, it would just yeah, be kind yeah. of interesting, but that's, yeah. that's probably the first person that comes to mind for me. Is, is there anyone that you would, um, that springs
1: to mind when, with that question? So, and it actually, it makes me want to like join ancestry or something just, just so I, I can, can kind of drill this down a little further. So, I've been told that not my grandpa's father, Murphy, but his father was the first one to leave out you know, leave Ireland. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Ireland, um our our tour guide was telling me that um county cork which is in the the s- southern west of ireland it, so murphy is is that that's kind of the that's kind of where that name generated from was county cork the southern um west part of ireland and so i would like to try to find the murphys that decided hey let's go to the americas mm-hmm. And I would imagine, so if you look up, so the the Irish Potato Famine, famine happened around the mid-1800s, like 18, I think it ran from uh, 1845 to 1849. And that's actually when kind of a great migration happened. Mm-hmm. With a lot of people from Ireland, is there like, we're starving to death here. Like, let's get on a boat for three months and go somewhere else. Um, which just the kind of the thought behind that is is crazy to think. Like, how bad was life that you're willing to get on a boat for three months to just try to seek something better? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine that the first Murphy probably migrated around that time, but I, I don't know for sure. Like I, 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 that's kind of why I want to do more research. But, but if I could, if I could talk to that person, I would like to talk to that person that said, we're picking up our life. We're done with this country. We're going to America, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're, we, we think something's better, you know? Yeah. Um, because we actually got to tour a um, famine ship that that would go to the Americas. And, I mean, these are like rickety, you know, sail ships. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these people are like eating, you know, bread. And, you know, that's why so many people got scurvy because they weren't eating fruit and stuff scurvy. like that. And <laughs> so I just, I can't yeah. imagine, like, what that would have been like you're just like laying in this cot for three months on this boat well the the the
0: the parallel to that is people trying to come to the united states now it's still Mm -hmm. it's still thought of as that's where you go to succeed and you have a chance to to do better in life right as Mm -hmm. much as our president likes to say it's to spread whatever he says right like right. <laughs> a majority of those people are just wanting a better life right yeah uh, th- yeah whether they do it legally or not but that's a different conversation and stuff so and,
1: and and you know what they they essentially succeeded you know because their generations after them mm-hmm. probably did have exponential better lives oh, yeah you yeah, know yeah um as if they were you know it's just like do we stay here and starve to death or do we just try to you know go and and you know go somewhere else i would definitely recommend looking into
0: ancestry um because of two things one you get that family tree thing but it's up to you to build it's not like you put in your name and it's like boom kevin here's your family tree you you have to say yes Evan is my father, Lisa is my mother, mm-hmm. and, then, and then it'll say, hey, we think we have matches for this. Um, you mm-hmm. can search other yeah. open things. The other aspect that they're doing now, and I'm not sure I would definitely recommend this for everyone, is they do have a DNA test, and the reason I hesitate on saying do the DNA test is there is a little legal gray area right now with what they do with your DNA and you might think oh i don't care it's just my blood my dna and stuff yeah yeah there's a lot of unknowns that they could sell that just to insurance companies they could technically own your dna in the future and you know we're talking about like if you have kids and you're passing your dna on they're like oh we did this weird thing with CRISPR technology a lot of weird stuff that could possibly happen and of course you just Uh think no why would you own it it's my dna well when you send them a saliva Slob or a swab of saliva, and you're consenting. Yes, I want this. It's essentially like <laughs> you gave us your DNA. Now, yeah. we, <laughs> now we can clone you in the future. You know, but it's probably not going to be evil. But it's something to think about if people want to put yeah. their conspiracy theory right, on, right, right. But what's really cool is when you get the DNA thing. You get this DNA story. Now everybody's heard of probably 23 and me and I, mm-hmm. I think they come at it from a more of a uh, here. Is where we think you're from. Here's a lot of the genetic things that we think you're predisposed to. And actually they had to pull that back because they were telling people probably truthfully that, hey, you're more predisposed to get this type of cancer. Yeah. And yeah. then the FDA was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't because right. people are like, oh, I'm going to have breast cancer. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. you're just mm-hmm. the chances of you getting breast cancer are greater, you know. Yeah. But what's yeah. cool with the Ancestry.com DNA thing is that they kind of plot your, your family's journey. Right, So I'm looking at my screen now, and I see my ethnicity, and they keep updating it, right? The more results they get, the more accurate it can get. So when I first did the test, it was a little more granular, and it just said, you know, kind of northern Europe, um, or western northern Europe, like Great Britain and, you know, Germanic and stuff. My estimate for my my like heritage is 40 percent 46 percent england wales and northwestern europe right mm, and what's okay. kind of crazy is growing up we're always told oh yeah on, on the you know this side it was irish this side it was german and that was it right it was yeah, just like yeah blah 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 and like everything yes there is one ancestor that you could go find in ireland that had the last name murphy that came to the united states but, mm-hmm. but he was just one aspect of people connecting that your DNA goes back, right? Like like right. there's so many more like DNA strands that have come to um, make you, right? It's not just mm-hmm. this one guy and this one girl. That's not how it works. It was one guy, one girl, one guy, one girl, one guy, one girl, one guy, one girl, you know, like yeah. all, all these yeah. different things. And so the second part for mine is 28% Germanic Europe. The third part is in Ireland – but then it's got this Eastern Europe and Russia, Norway, Sweden, like it. Huh. And so, what's kind of cool is it's not saying my chance is forty six percent of my DNA compared to the other millions of DNA records they have came from this England, Wales, and Northwestern Europe region. Okay, um, and so what's cool is you can go through the timeline. So in seventeen hundred, it starts showing traces of my DNA heritage coming from United Kingdom, Ireland, and Germany, hitting New York, uh, Virginia, uh, eastern uh-huh. Pennsylvania. And then you can move uh-huh. to 1750, and it shows that DNA still coming over from over there. 1775, now spreading into pe- western Pennsylvania, um, uh, northern Carolina and stuff. And <clears throat> then when you hit the 1800, now is when it really spreads to the Midwest. you got like pretty much all the DNA results that they have, in the 1800s that that are like linked to me are in Ohio, mm. Indiana, Pen- western Pennsylvania. It's kind of crazy. And then you hit mm-hmm. 1850, and they're spreading more west, right? Iowa, um, Kansas, et cetera. This is what I love. 1900, right around the gold rush. There's, like, it's mainly Midwest still. It's, like, just blob city of Midwest. Yeah, But then, like, there's, like, three little blobs up in, like, Portland, Oregon area. And then, like, one (laughs) massive blob down in uh, California. And I was like, oh, man, like, who are those ancestors? And the 1900 went, like, northwest and went down to, like, LA area and stuff. Right, right. uh, But what's cool is if you do um, build out your... Uh, family tree Mm -hmm. as you're going through this dna history that's just literally giving you these are the people that are related to you that we have like from a dna standpoint not necessarily oh that's my great great uncle but your dna matches somewhere Um, when you put in the ancestry it'll sync with it so starting in 1850 that's when i start having my my um, family tree with hey this is great grandfather this this is great grandmother this it'll show you where they were at during that time so like I clicked on this and this moody Thomas Abernathy, who is my great grandfather, um, <clears throat> when it was my grandma's uh, dad? You know, it shows him in when he was born, hmm. which is in Pocahontas, Missouri, in 1894. Right, yeah. like, and so it's just yeah. this cool. It's kind of of a cool visual infographic of your life, right? And so the more you build out your family tree, the more you would see actual oh yeah that's where they were at this time that's where he was at this time you know it's not yeah, just a list yeah. of names that's you know this is so and so but I like that right, his name was right. Moody <laughs> Moody <laughs> Thomas <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I would definitely recommend it. Um, You know, legalese aside, on if it scares you or not giving people your DNA, I've heard some people being like, no, that's just going to be the government tracking us and, you know, they're going to bust me. And it's like, well, don't kill people and leave your DNA around and then maybe (laughs) they won't partner with Ancestry.com. And (laughs) I'm more worried about like science doing something weird with my DNA than I am the government coming and (laughs) like... (laughs) we found you,
1: Michael, that murder right. you did back in 1998. <laughs> They're like, we could recreate dinosaurs with Michael's DNA. Yeah, that's what I'm scared about is Michael Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's a show title if I've ever heard one. Michael Dinosaurs. <laughs> My next one is uh, Royal Docks Brewing Company. You are the Brute Squad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's seven percent abv and so i'm reading this description and so it says in champagne speak brute means extra dry likewise brute ipas are bone dry very very aromatic hmm. and which i would agree with it it it's very uh dry tasting ipa
0: yeah hmm yeah, my next one is the Jackie O's Double Barrel Skipping Stone. So, if I would read the fine print, I probably would have skipped it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pun intended.
0: <laughs> but it is a Belgium-style quad ale. Um, okay. Generally, I don't like Belgians. But I guess it's this quad ale. And I'm like, hmm, I really like me some quad ale. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... It, it it is um, aged in bourbon barrels and red wine barrels. Okay, okay. Um, but this is probably why, why I like it because it's thirteen point two percent. But it's delicious. Um, I think I've had so it before, any,
1: but uh, definitely haven't had it on the show yet. So, any idea what makes a quad ale? Like, is it like. Kevin,
0: stop asking me these questions
1: because Mike's (laughs) like, what's Michael going to (laughs) say? Well, I didn't know if, like, you're like, well, of course it's. uh, it's... Kevin, we talked about this in the
0: beginning. We don't know anything
1: about beer. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Yes, that's true. It's a type of beer with an alcohol by volume of 9.1% to 14.2%. Oh. There is a little there is little agreement on the status of quad ale as a beer style. Ooh, interesting. Writer Tim Webb notes in the similar beers are called Grand Cru in Belgium. Mm. So it, it seems like it's just just, just really high, high in, in yeah in, in alcohol, but who knows? That's what the internet say, Mike, so put your yeah. <laughs> put your pitchfork down. <laughs> oh man hey, speaking of mike he sent over uh a beer that he wants you to try um, okay
1: where was that at Alicia. i'll have to uh i'll have to pick it up next uh next episode yeah he wants you to try the north
0: high um what is it jala lima jala
1: lima it's the jalapeno okay. lime ale Oh, you know what? I I had seen that um, last episode. I was picking up beers, and I saw a jalapeno lime ale, Mm -hmm. and I said, that sounds very interesting. He says it's
0: warm and toasty, or roasty. Mm. (laughs) So you can save that for when you review it, and you can just steal Mike's uh, review of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty good warm and roasty uh, ale. Yeah. (laughs) The interesting thing about Ancestors, right, is like did they ever even think could they possibly even imagine that we'd be sitting here right talking mm-hmm. about them they they could probably think yeah. that but like they had no idea what technology we would have right they oh, were right. probably still thinking it would just be houses and stuff i remember reading a study that said like a majority of people still marry people with that were born within like 20 miles of where they were born or something yeah it's some huge number right like Uh Uh uh-huh and like even to to this day yeah yeah it's it's still like 60 percent of people it's like it it, and so it gets kind of creepy when you start saying oh well if you always lived in this region and your family lived in this region chances (laughs) are your great great grandparents were like the same you know so yeah this whole ancestry yeah. thing when people are like oh wait we have the same great 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 grandfather and it's like eh, yeah Chris, and it's like well come on you know like at a certain point we're all like <laughs> right right stuff out eventually you know but
1: yeah you can trace it back to like one like ancestry mother or something yeah, like that yeah when when i took my terrible archaeology class i remember learning about like the um you know, they, they've been able to trace it back to, like, yeah. this group and this tribe mm-hmm. or something in, in northern yeah. Africa or something. And, and like that's that. not to mean there weren't thousands of other tribes in
0: Africa at the time, right? It just means that all their lineage died off. You know, yeah. and that's what's weird to yeah. think about is it's like... Yeah, it wasn't just there was one tribe of like ten dudes and ten girls and it's like (laughs) we spread forth, you know? It was like there's all these pockets, but it was like they can trace back our DNA. Like those other pockets, they they didn't survive or their Mm -hmm. their
1: Mm -hmm. you know, ancestors didn't survive. Yeah, Um, Yeah, they they traveled up north and they're like, Ah, saber-toothed tigers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 uh,
0: What is it about the saber-toothed tiger that just makes it like the coolest animal that existed with humans.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. That's that's a, I think a question for the ages is why is the saber toothed tiger so cool? Yeah, and I think it has something to do with it. It's kind of cute and cuddly, but it has these giant fangs coming at you. <laughs> that is
0: exactly it. I just love all the drawings of it. Everybody's like. I like to think that it was like just a really nice cat because everybody's like it, it. It literally can't open its mouth big enough for its teeth. That's probably why it died yeah. off because it was just like <laughs> I can't do anything with this stupid mouth. <laughs> Let's flip it, right? Okay, you have the chance to meet one of your descendants. Um what would you say to them or w- w- what would you talk about?
1: Um, I don't know. Like I, I would probably try to talk a like for, I would first like try to talk about like the, the big issues, you know, um, the, the big global issues and, and to see if, if those are still a thing or not. Um, But then I I would I would try to um, I would try to share like what my day to day schedule is with my my um, ancestors Uh is because that's kind of what I wonder about. Like when when I see and, you know, we're we're talking about these people are like from the 1800s or 1700s. I just kind of wonder, like, what did they do all day long? You know, like, that—that that is what I'm most curious about, is, like, how did they spend their time, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's what I, like, you know, four generations ahead of me comes in, and it's just like, you know, wh- what's your life about? And I would say, well, this is what I do, you know? And they'd be like, ha-ha. You get in a gasoline powered car. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like you like, burn uh,
0: dinosaurs. I know you don't really burn right. dinosaurs, but that's the Yeah,
1: dinosaur thing. juice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I I read something where somebody wrote a paper on Henry Ford would like be astonished to know that we were still using um internal combustion engines yeah, uh, yeah.
1: at this point. Like what? Like <laughs> Right, right. And I actually, you have you have recommended it, and I I still haven't watched it. And and now that there's kind of this resurgence of of people like, you know, lots of money is being dumped into electric cars mm-hmm. right now, and and that is the way of the future. I mean, it, it's going to happen. But uh, you had said there was this documentary called "Who Killed the Electric Car." Mm-hmm um that was really interesting and i i still haven't watched it but i think i think you were telling me it was like it was like in the 80s or something wasn't it like they had already developed everything they needed to develop for the electric car no i well yes um they had
0: and the, the documentary i think was from like mid 2000s right But in, I think it was the nineties. Okay, get this wrong, but uh, it was probably the mid nineties. But G, or excuse me, but General Motors of all companies (laughs) Mm -hmm. had released Mm -hmm. an electric car called the EV One. Okay, and so the and the documentary goes into like how you couldn't buy the car, like you kind of rented it. It wasn't, or no wait, it, it was something weird. It was a lease, but it was a lease. You had to give the car up at the end. You could not um buy it, like buy, it. buy it yeah. out like you can on a typical lease and stuff. And the documentary goes in on how GM invested in this and it was like obvious that that's where the future was in the 90s but because of just like big oil and everything there was so much pressure for them and even though all their the people that were buying it loved it and they wanted they were like no just let me keep the car. They bought them all and they crushed them. Like they literally hmm. like took every single model and and destroyed them like and it's just this weird stamp on where electric cars are at the time now the car itself is kind of funky right like it
1: yeah yeah i I
0: don't know how far it went and stuff but but it's a it's a pretty wild concept that gm of all companies was so ahead of the curb they could have been the dominant electric player now like so many things right but it it's Mm -hmm. taken other it's Mm -hmm. taken tesla of all companies to, to to make like you know all these other companies volkswagen um volvo you know are finally like oh well tesla is approaching it from oh it's not just a like a dorky little electric car no our car is cooler faster more sporty than your car right hey step up your game you people you know like yeah tesla has its own issues but like it is forcing these other makers to be like damn it like (laughs) this damn electric company's Mm calling us out how do we you Mm -hmm. know um, yeah, but I I would still recommend uh, watching it even though it's uh, 15 years old the the documentary. Um okay. just because even though uh, you know things have progressed since then, it's still wild to think that GM did this weird thing. And and the big question is why. And it, right. like right, and that's why people have to come up with these conspiracy theories because GM's just has some BS reason of why they wouldn't let people buy these cars Mm -hmm. like it was just so weird it's like just let people buy them like of all cars can you imagine the 67 mustang if ford was like nope uh we're taking all your 67 mustangs back and we're destroying them you know Mm -hmm. like that's that that's insane to think about right like that's just
1: mind-boggling you know (laughs) yeah so what's cool is with this kind of um you know, a surgence of electric there is um so Jaguar mm. their 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 mm-hmm. classic E-type they are going to take that same body style that everybody loves like they're like yeah that's a classic Jag and they're going to make it brand new car but in, in an all electric form yeah so i think that is genius mm-hmm. you know Take those those lines those 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 cars that people love, and make it an electric. Yeah, you know it's like it's 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 brilliant. Yeah. In, in my my opinion. Well, and a few pl- people have done
0: that, right? Uh, you could get like an all electric version of a Honda Accord at some point, and then they mm-hmm. just didn't sell because what what had happened was people were a lot of manufacturers fucked up because they were saying it's just a trim level, right? You have mm-hmm. your S level. Mm-hmm. It's the $20 or $20,000 version. Oh, and then we have the sporty. you know, we have this. It's 25 and it's 30 for the luxury version. So people mm-hmm. looking for an Accord, like on the cheap end of the scale, if they're buying, spending 30 grand on an accord, they're not going to spend forty-two thousand dollars on electric version of an accord. That is literally the exact same model of an accord, but it costs twelve thousand dollars more. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so it's like this weird balance of like you have to make sure that people might love the vehicle. Um and that's why it works for a company like Jaguar, right? Because it's like I love the sportiness and the styling of it and everything. But yeah, you you yeah. have to make it sure that there's not just oh we designed it for a um combustible engine first and then just threw in an electric engine
1: right mm-hmm. but but yeah, yeah this is
0: really awesome that they're doing this yeah um yeah
1: because i and like the the interior is going to be all modern like with like apple CarPlay and all of that stuff man like, how expensive yeah. do you
0: think this is going to be
1: oh man it has to be like at least at least a i would imagine i i love that we're back on cars
0: i i yeah. love like this is uh, talking about ancestors and and we're talking about cars oh um, yeah yeah I, I would buy so i think back to our car conversation um i don't remember what episode that was probably three or four or something and i was like i don't know what car i'd buy if i was super mega rich but yeah. this e-type zero i would so buy in a heartbeat that looks oh, so yeah. awesome
1: doesn't it <laughs> It, 'Cause it's the it's the classic jag, but it's all brand new. You know. Like it's all brand brand it, new. It probably like, has styling. You know,
0: it's got safety standards, so if you like hit a pothole, it's not gonna explode and kill you like
1: it would have back yeah. in the
0: sixties <laughs> <'60s> and stuff. <laughs> right, right.
1: Do you do you see the picture of like the interior with like the big it's all like digital displays yeah. and everything?
0: That's the only thing I'm not sure I like. Like I think it would have been awesome if they could have still had it be analog on the inside, but the car yeah. itself is just yeah. all electric. Like literally, make it like and pair with your phone. Like your phone becomes where it shows all the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But the inside mm-hmm. cluster, everything was still like buttons and everything. I, I don't yeah. know. Like I, yeah. it'd be cool. I'm, I'm sure it'll still be awesome, but I oh, and I yeah. love this button. So if you're if it, it, again, we'll share this in the, the show notes, but um. Buttons on websites or emails um, are generally called call to actions, and the reason is, okay. is, as a user, you're, or as a marketer, we want you to click this, right. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be clicking around randomly on the page. Like, oh, it's, is, is this a button? Is this a button? So you make a very big button that says something, right? And that's the call to action. Your call to action is sign up today. Your call to action is build my car. Your call to action is buy me, whatever it is. Yeah, the Jaguar yeah. um, E-Type Zero call to action is I want one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is so amazing. (laughs) And and, uh, So you click on I want one. You do the call to action, Jaguar. You got me. I I clicked I want one. It says, to find out how to purchase a Jaguar E-Type Zero or convert your existing E-Type to an electric powertrain through our Classic Works facility, please speak to a member of our specialist team. Okay. Pause. Who the fuck that owns an
1: original E-Type would modify
0: yeah. their car to be an electric.
1: Very good point. They're like, yes, this is this is worth forty million dollars, but you can convert it to electric, and it'll be worth
0: nothing. I hope, more than anything, that Jay Leno. I'm sure he has one of these cars, um, or version of it. Right. I hope he buys a second one just so he can pay them to convert <laughs> that. <it's-> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I would love to be talk to that person. That's just like, yeah, I bought this really classic car, and I'm gonna convert it. Um, into Yeah, luxury. right. <laughs> I, I'm all for buying a brand
1: new one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But but that's what I think it's is, is cool about it. It's just the fact that you know these these car companies, it, because it's like you're taking nostalgia. And you're taking new car, mm-hmm. you know, like everything is new about that car. It's just the body lines are the exact same as the 60s Jaguar mm-hmm. and you're, you're pairing them together, you know? So they're like, oh, I want a 1967 Mustang, but it's going to be electric. It's yeah. like, that's, that's genius. No, it is. like, that's, that's so forward thinking mm-hmm. of, of Jaguar to do that.
0: Well, the, um, There is a company that, like, I don't know what you would call it, but they refurbish DeLoreans, but make them more modern. Like, they upgrade some of the parts that would break and everything. They're they're Uh not making it into Uh electric, but they will. They they you can buy a quote unquote new DeLorean that has more modern parts and all the things that were wrong with the DeLoreans. (laughs) Um, Uh And uh, like, it's kind of a similar concept because it does make sense and stuff. Mm -hmm. And what's so funny Mm -hmm. is I remember, um back in early college days John and I were talking about cars for some reason I don't remember why but I remember him just saying oh people aren't going to care for these cars right now nobody's going to want a 1998 blah 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 yeah like yeah. and it and it, it made so much sense it was like of course because at the time anyways you know like it's like of course nobody's gonna want this but like we didn't know at the time that the reason classic cars are classics because of nostalgia right there was a 16 year old right. kid in england that saw that jaguar lusted after it couldn't buy it yeah the people mm. that had the money bought it at the time but they right. got rid of it back right in the 60s or whatever but that kid grew up made lots of money and was like hey i've always wanted that fucking jaguar e-type you yeah, know, bought yeah. it, and then it became, like, a collector's item. And that's how all right, this stuff works. Right. And now you're seeing cars from the 90s <laughs> that, like, shouldn't be lusted after or lusted after, you know. Um, I'm still waiting for the 93 Ford Tempo to become <laughs> a collector's item. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just it, it's just that's how cyclical things work. People grow older, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, I, I loved... Love the late 90s Mustang look, Um, you know, and for a while I was like, oh, when they when they redesigned the Mustang to like make it more like muscle car like back in the day, Uh I remember being like, oh, yeah, that late 90s Mustang looks super outdated now. Yeah, But now yeah. that it's been 20-some years, I'm like, oh, yeah, I still love that late 90s Mustang, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> and I think what we were talking about at the time was the 80s Mustang, you know, where they really went, like, super tiny and, you know. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. I remember – I can't remember who it was, but talking about, like, nobody's going to want those 80s Mustangs. But there's tons of people that want those 80s Mustangs, uh-huh. you know? It's uh-huh. just – it's it's a weird thing. And I'm sure the – you know my 2006 civic is probably never going to be a collector's item you know but like <laughs> <laughs> something else from that you know mid 2000s might be you know
1: yeah ab- absolutely so it, it makes me wonder like the the generation you know the generations ahead of us so they're going to have these electric vehicles they're they're probably going to be self-driving cars but this this is my thought with with kind of the the future of it is you're going to have self-driving cars it, it's inevitable yeah, yeah. but I think there will always be car culture oh yeah there yeah. will there will always be people that want to drive their cars mm-hmm. so it's just like if I'm going to the airport I will put my car on autopilot and it will take me to the airport yeah and I can have my laptop pulled up and being answering emails, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But if I want to like turn it into manual mode and have fun on a weekend or something like that, mm-hmm. I can do that as well. Yeah. Like I, I I think there's a lot of people that kind of feel like it's it's one or the other. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think it I don't think it's gonna be that way. I think it's gonna be both. Yeah. You know, well, I think it's going to be you're going to have autonomous mode and then you're going to have I want to have fun yeah. and I actually want to drive the car, you know?
0: Yeah. And 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 it, a, a good example is horses, right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. People owning horses and riding horses didn't go away because automobiles replaced them right right and right. it's it's not even going to be that dramatic of a change cars with having um autonomous driving is not going to replace people being able to drive themselves yeah but yeah the biggest hazard on the road right now is not vehicles it's humans humans get sleepy humans do stupid mm-hmm. stuff humans aren't paying mm-hmm. attention uh, i wish um half the people on the road didn't get their license. I wish the license, I wish the ability to get your driver's license was much more difficult than it is because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shitty drivers out there, right? Like for every good driver, there's probably 30 crappy drivers and that's just how it is. And I think you're completely right. I think what will happen is in the future, every car made after a certain date, right? Like it'll be just like seatbelts were required Hey, mm-hmm. you know what? I bet mm-hmm. a lot of people bitched about seatbelts back in the day, um, but they've saved people. They were a po- net positive to uh, road driving incidents. Um, right. Uh, I- any number of things <laughs> that have made things safer over the years. Um, but I think you're, you're right. What will probably happen, and I've, I was, like, was reading an article about a guy that said, places like New York need autonomous driving more than anything. Uh, mm-hmm. If you love driving, nobody loves driving in New York, right? Like, yeah. So yeah. if you want to go into New York City, <laughs> you if you want to bring a car, you cannot bring a '67 Mustang into New York City anymore, because what will probably happen, and obviously this is just somebody saying like this would be the ideal future, is when you yeah. go into a city like New York or San Francisco, your vehicle needs to be autonomous at a certain point, and it'll automatically turn on when, when you get to the city limits, and then from mm-hmm. there it's all automatic driving there there's no right. humans right. And, uh, and, and all that type of stuff and like that type of thing makes sense to me because New York DC San Francisco like <laughs> inside the city is not a driving city you live in Southeast Ohio, mm. you don't need to worry about the government coming and taking your 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 car. You can still drive yeah. your fifty cars that you park in your your front lawn you'll be fine and be like, yeah. well you know i bought this I bought this jacked up you know uh, uh, Toyota truck and it's just gonna sit yeah. on center blocks Because I might you know someday someday i'm gonna you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix it up i'm gonna fix it up and it's gonna be sweet." it's going to be fucking awesome and then 30 years go uh. by and there's like six of them and stuff. Uh don't worry neighbor they, they you'll still be able to buy your stuff. The 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 hippies from San Francisco are not going to take away your your precious shitty vehicles that don't work. Right, right. <laughs> but like one guy that we I saw speak um he was labeled as a futurist, which I literally hate that term. I think that's the dumbest. Like, I want to be a futurist yeah. too, Kevin. Hmm. Yes, in the future. <laughs> but in anyways, the year he... 2000. exactly. That's all I could think the whole time he was speaking was the Conan O'Brien sketch. Uh, right, in the year 2000. right. Um, he did bring up a good point where um, uh, studies have shown kids just aren't interested in owning vehicles or even driving anymore Uh uh-huh like it's not a an electric car thing it's just kids growing up today are just like "Eh." like it's an expensive thing uh younger people don't make nearly as much as uh, younger people 20 30 40 years ago used to make like Mm -hmm. equivalency yeah and and a vehicle is such a huge purchase that they're just like Mm -hmm. yeah i don't need it um you know you have things like lyft and uber and 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 this guy said i don't think my child will ever own a car Is what he said. And he was saying it not from, oh, I'll buy a car that has autonomous driving. He's like, nope. He's probably going to live in a city like New York or San Francisco. And why would he own a car when he has these services that come to him and pick him up? Why does he need to worry about paying for parking? Why does he need to worry about like paying a a monthly bill or a a monthly uh, car payment when his car payment is? A car coming to him and whether someone's driving that car or not is a different mm-hmm. story there might just be a fleet of autonomous cars picking you up and doing right. that type of stuff right and it was just kind of this crazy thing where i was like yeah there are going to be people that grow up i mean sigourney weaver the actress sigourney weaver has mm-hmm. grown up in new york lived in new york her whole life she does not have her driver's license okay because she grew up in new york city and you don't yeah. need a car yeah. in new york city you have cabs, you right. have the, the the subway, right? Like, that is a perfect example of, like, the future for some of these cities. Now, obviously, in Athens or Meigs County, where our great-grandfather lived, <laughs> that's probably never going to happen, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. But they can buy all the cars they want at that point. But I think it would right. just like horses. There's still a market for people buying horses, there's still a market for people riding horses, you know? Like, mm. if you are mm. Amish, you can still ride your horse on the road, you know? Like, there's no, like, cop pulling over Amish people because they can't go 55, Um, mm. you know, reference to yeah. the song. But <laughs> 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 Now, obviously, there's some caveats to all that type of stuff, but, but it's just that, yeah, it, it, it's kind of a wild thing to think about that, like, my daughter, will she... Ever even learned to drive, which is weird to think about, right? Like mm-hmm. it yeah. used to be, you had to know how to drive a, ma- a manual, right? That was like a yeah. thing. And then, at least in the United States, uh, automatics completely took over. I know in Europe, it's still like default uh, is stick shift and stuff. But I used to kind of feel like, oh, I love that I know how to drive manual. But then I'm like, yeah, but like, when was the last time I drove stick shift? Like, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not driving sports mm-hmm. cars, and even sports cars yeah. now have the Flappy paddles or whatever uh top mirror. Right, right. Um
1: dual dual clutch transmissions. And
0: it it, and it's just this thing. So when I think about my daughter, like what are what what technology is gonna like what is gonna be the internet in her mind, right? That's something that's just like mind blowing that like I don't get. Because at a certain point I'm not gonna get anything. I'm gonna be like, I don't I don't understand kids (laughs)
1: these days. (laughs) Back in my day. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I completely agree. Like like there will be a you know there there will be something that comes along. Yeah. Um that will kind of change the course of humanity yeah. and and you know. What worries me is I don't know I, if it's autonomous driving. Yeah. I don't know if it's if if it's you know like I re, so my dad had had told me um when he was in school like the the sci-fi space age stuff was like talking on the phone and being able to see that person mm-hmm. on the phone and so like i am like who who knows like is you know like te- so teleportation sounds like ridiculous mm-hmm. in our minds but is is it really that ridiculous you know like it's it's kind of crazy to think. Yeah, I don't know, man.
0: I I am not looking forward to that day when Lily, my daughter, is like, "You just don't get it, Dad." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I get it." It's like you know, like I used to get it all the time, little one. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's inevitable. It's like my my nieces one night were like, "You're so funny," and I was just like, "Well, I'm funny to you." Like, oh, they said, "You're so funny." Lily's gonna like be so lucky having a funny dad. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm funny to you because I'm not your dad, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The second because <laughs> Lily, you have to put up with me all the time thinking that I'm funny,
1: and she will not think any of it. It's funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> Since you are a new parent, I'm just curious of what would you say, at least right now, because I I know, like, as your child grows, um, you know, your answers will fluctuate, but what would you say would be the positives, positive impacts in your life with having a new child, and then also some of the negatives? of of having a new child. And, and is that specifically my life or is it with like the family life? Like my my direct family. <sighs> um let's start let's start broad let's start uh broad with family life and then you you we can we can uh roll down to yeah. your life. Um I, I think from a family perspective um
0: You know, positive is obvious, right? Everybody's super happy. Oh, there's another baby in the mix. And, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, my mom probably has been, I, I know she's been dying to ask me if Katie and I were trying for kids since I brought Katie home. 10 plus years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But she's always stayed out of it or stay you know, that that's none of her business, you know, but, and I'm glad because there's a lot of people out there that do try for kids. And if you're constantly getting asked like, Oh, Hey, when's that baby mm-hmm. coming? It can mm-hmm. get really annoying. Yeah. So. Um, so there's that aspect. I know my sister's super excited. I think my brother was kind of like, "Shit!" Like, <laughs> there goes Michael. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I've tried to show him. Like, well, at least right now, who knows? Um, but you know, I'm not that different. Like, we still try to right. do stuff. But again, it's only been a few months. So, um, ask me again in six months, and then a year, and then two years. And, uh, but mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. of the negatives I've seen, and it was something I didn't really anticipate. But recently, you know, my brother um, and sister-in-law live really close to me. They're like a mile away. Um, My sister recently moved uh, into a house. Um, So she's like 15 minutes away. But my mom and dad are like a 45-minute drive. Right. And one of the things that was a super positive aspect on my sister's kids was my parents being right there all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. oh, they can go to Mm -hmm. grandma or they call mama and papa. They can go to mama and papa's house, uh, you know, if you need to. Um, Hey, so-and-so sick. Oh, mama will go pick you up, that type of thing. Now, we can replace that with my sister going and picking them up or my brother. But I know my mom and my dad love having that amount of time with uh, my sister's kids, right? And I just don't think it's just logistically that's not going to be possible with the distance of 45 minutes right like my parents are getting older um 45 minutes maybe 20 years ago might have been like a fine like i'll just go down one night 45 minutes for stay for half an hour then drive back but you know like get older and do stuff and so like that has it's not a problem yet but it does like concern me of like how are we Mm -hmm. going to give that interaction that I know my parents want because they gave that to Leanna's kids. Um, But us being separated by only 45 minutes, but that's still 45 minutes, right? Is, is that is a a thing that I think about. And, and truthfully, one of the reasons we, we felt immediately when we lived in Seattle was we are way too far away from family. And at that Mm -hmm. time we weren't like, Oh, we're definitely going to have kids but at the same time it was just like if we ever have kids we're going to be a 12 hour day away from our family right and that includes flying and everything you know it was just this it, mm-hmm. i loved mm-hmm. seattle loved it i i think everybody that i know and my family members should move to seattle and then we'll just that we'll have that circle of family out there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 amazing it, like any city yeah. it has its problems but like i just felt like oh man if just family and friends were out here like i would never leave right but mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. how the world works and that's not how life mm-hmm. works and so i'm still experiencing that a little bit with just us being you know just that little little further away than you know what my my parents are used to so that's probably the the most negative thing um and then, just from a personal level, you do go to this through this shift of. We, one thing, Kane and I really have tried to do is, let's make sure we get out um, with mm-hmm. Lily. Let's make sure we get out and still do stuff. Um, if if friends normally go to this place to have a drink on a Tuesday night, we'll stop by for ten minutes. Right? Um, we're not going to be like pounding bush lights and being like right, let's time to go but it's just to make it you know but it's just to make an appearance right like it is like hey we're not gone you know we're not like ha- ha- uh, closed up in our hobble with our kid and never to be seen in the light of day or right you know right. Um, because things do change you get um you know you have this new human in your life. Right. And you have to take care of them and do everything. But at the same time, I want Lily to experience a lot of stuff. I want her to experience farmer's markets. I want her to experience hiking. I want her to experience, um, you know, different cultures. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, mm-hmm. there every year at OU, there's an international week. Cause like 10% of the people that live in Athens are from other countries. And I'm like, right. Here you go, right. Lily, you're, two months old and I want you to experience what these Chinese students are cooking on their little plates and stuff. Right. Uh-huh. Cause I never uh-huh. had that growing up. Right. It, mm-hmm. it it was something that like, as I got older, I was like, man, I, I wish I kind of experienced that stuff. Like, cause I was so like insulated in my, um, no, I don't want to try different things that I want her to kind of experience different things and grow up knowing that experiencing different things can be fun. Like it took me, Marrying Katie, right, to experience different things mm-hmm. right, and even you, mm-hmm. like going to Ireland and doing all that stuff right like right, it, right like it 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 takes it takes a shift in your life to to do that type of stuff and i would yeah. I would like her to experience yeah. that earlier than when she's twenty five or thirty
1: you know uh-huh uh-huh and i and I think that that's that's definitely the most eye-opening experiences that i had is is kind of seeing the world outside your own world and you're like holy cow like this this exists outside of myself every single day mm-hmm. you know and th- that's that's what he, you know like i i found amazing is like well well maybe well maybe i you know like i you know it's it's good to be different you know like the it's good to have these different things or or maybe the way i've been thinking has not been the only way i should be thinking you know so i i think that's what's what's cool about you know just kind of experiencing different different you know types of life yeah you know well yeah i just think back to myself when <laughs>
0: I was dating a person my freshman year of college. We would go uptown in Athens, and, like, there was one place we would go to eat, and the only reason I would say to go there is because it looked like a place I'd been to before, right? And we had discussed about the first time I went to um, San Francisco, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try a new place, and then I ended up at Burger King. I... I, (laughs) it's a funny story you know and i'm glad that i had that experience because it is a funny story and it kind of like wraps up who i am and and there's nothing wrong with going to burger king i want to preface that like if you're in italy and you see a burger king and you want burger king go get some burger king but yeah, like yeah the reason i went to burger king is because i was like so insulated and scared to try something new right and i i if i could change that about myself i would back then right <laughs> like and so I, I don't want her to have that anxiety about like trying new things like nope i only eat this i only eat this and it's like hey, let's just eat some different stuff like even if you don't like yeah, it like yeah. that's the greatest thing is like even if you don't like it you tried it but not trying something always right, right. is like the worst thing and so hopefully that'll be the one thing like passing on to the her it won't like backfire and then she'll be like mm-hmm. everything that i like mm-hmm. she's like Yeah, I hate (laughs) pizza, Dad. I'm like, no, no, you are not my child. (laughs) My child, I disown (laughs) thee. And all of this is to say, I guess it comes back to music for me and you. I know it does. Mm -hmm. And every time we talk about stuff, whether it's cars or uh, restaurants, um, ancestors. Music is such a huge part of our life and I've been listening to this song that I I feel fits perfectly just for this episode. Good ending. All right, Kevin, are you ready for another?